but just like I talked about our worldview and how we have emotional bias and high performance bias, they're unconsciously things that have been embedded in us that need to be unlearned so we can learn the right way of navigating these things. Many of us don't know boundaries. Many of us don't know how to teach people how to treat us. Leaders need constant developing. It might be on the personal side of development or the professional side, but essentially the work that you do on yourself will benefit how you show up as a leader in the home as well as within the workplace. Check out these testimonials from some clients I've worked with in the past and make sure you book your session soon. They want to continue on this journey because it has been very beneficial for me. Um, like I said, I'm not the same person. I don't feel like I'm the same person I was five weeks ago. How I fit your strategic goal. And they're like, wow, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, that does. I mean, I'll, I, I'm glad I'm glad you got me here because that's, that's good. So feel it was accurate. Like, what was your feedback? I think it was definitely accurate. Thank you so oh, much. Right. This was fantastic. You're welcome. You're welcome. And you have period. Like, how do you feel now? I do want to be successful in my business. Um, I need to work on me. I'm like, I'm happy right now. I am. I'm, that's this is good. good. So what are you waiting for? Schedule your session today. What's up, guys? Thank you for joining me on another episode of Internal Fire. And today's episode is dedicated to my nephew, who unexpectedly passed away on August 18th, Nathaniel Timothy Thornhill. How do you lead through heartbreak? For many of you out there, we keep on pressing forward in leadership and all the roles and responsibilities that we have within our organizations while facing real life issues. So I want to take a pivot to really talk about resiliency, self-leadership, because I am navigating heartbreak while also recognizing that I still have to step up and stand up to lead within my organization and even lead within the home. So get your notepad, your note-taking materials, and let's get into today's message. As I reflect on my past week and a half, it's been a struggle. As my family was navigating an unexpected loss. And while this loss brought people together, while there were so many lessons learned, my heart still breaks. It was just a typical day. I was working out, headed into a meeting, and I get a call from my sister who shared that her son, my nephew, passed away only at 28 years old. I was in disbelief. How? It's one thing to have aging parents or people that you know that are sick or even people who are navigating whatever ailments they're navigating. And you know that, you know, maybe 
things can turn for the worse. It's just like a level of preparation. And although loss is still something that's painful, even if you know that is it is around the corner, it's, it's like you still kind of know. But this just shook the entire family up. And while my heart was broken, it also breaks for my sister. His sister, my niece, and my nephews, his three brothers, powerful young men who spoke so amazingly at his home going. But through all that, I sit within a leadership role. Within all that for myself, my team was navigating some big shifts. We already had a team member out on emergency leave. We had another team member who, awesome, like had just had a baby, just brought life into the world. And then this hit me as well. And for many of us out there, we are entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs who know that there are different levels and stages that we're going to basically ascend to or move up to in leadership that's going to require more of us, more of our time, more of our energy, more of our focus. So in that moment, I had already had my mindset that, you know what, my team, we're about to grind it out. We're down two team members. We need to focus. We had a game plan and so on. And then this hits. And it's now time to switch the leadership hat role and just be a person, a human, or just be a leadership in that space, but with family and also be a self-leader. And when I talk about self-leadership, you guys have heard this term before. If you're new on the podcast, it's really also, we, we, we sit in these roles and we lead others, right? But Where is leadership if we can't lead ourselves? If we can't recognize when it's time for development and so on, there's a level of leading ourselves in the right direction in order for us to show up the best way possible. And as I've used examples like Naomi Osaka, Simone Biles, even Shakari Richardson, who are having to navigate different things from loss, mental health, all these different things, because these are three women, three athletes, three leaders, three high performers that have been talked about recently a lot. And they still have a job to do while maybe the world around them is crashing and burning. And in that moment, I not only had to think about the level of presence that I needed to have for my family, the level of just disconnection I needed for myself, but also I'm in a role where I have a team that needs me. 
So I had the thought like many of you out there have had before where it's like, okay, how am I going to juggle both? Instead of, hey, I need some time off to focus on this. And if you're like me, again, like I was mentioning, you move up to different tiers and different levels. The level of responsibility is more. So you stepping away, it's difficult. Even with, again, the world crashing and burning around you, even with maybe your personal life and things around you are crashing and burning or in a very rickety, shaky type of position, you're still thinking about that role and responsibility that you have because I'm committed in all areas. So I had that question, how will I manage both? But I came home and I just sat on my third floor. I couldn't move. Because again, just playing what just I heard, is this a dream? Is this real? I need to execute. I need to, I need to go and grind it out and work. But my heart is breaking. I'm thinking about all these people that are affected. His immediate family members, my sister, my nephew, my nieces. I can only imagine how it feels to lose your child. I have two. That's not anything I can even imagine. So I do, and it just happens to where I needed to call the top tier leader in that organization that day because they gave me a call and they needed some updates. And they had, you, you, you asked that normal question, how are you? So I told her what happened. And I couldn't hold the tears back. And the beautiful thing about my organization and my leadership, while I'm over here thinking about how I'm going to juggle working within this role, being there for my team, being there for my family, practicing self-leadership. She told me, you need to disconnect. We will figure this out. We got this. You need to focus on that. And I'm so grateful because there are a lot of you out there that don't have leadership that's like that. Because yes, those that are listening might be the CEOs. So I want you to hear that perspective. But there are many of you out there that have a leader that you have to answer to, report to. And unfortunately, you might not have the same kind of grace or support. Or you might be in the midst of a major project and you stepping away will be huge, make a huge impact. But I really needed to step away. But somehow I was going to find a way to continue to just do all lead through heartbreak. 
lead through grief. But not only her, everybody in leadership just rallied around, called, checked on me. Some prayed with me and just emphasized, we got this. Focus on you. Focus on your family. We will figure this out. And that's not even normally what I would do. But one of the things that I want to do is make sure I practice what I preach because I talk so much and I provide tools and strategies. And a lot of organizations have been hiring me and corporations have been hiring me to really talk about resiliency, really talk about practicing, utilizing tools to ensure that their team members and their leaders are practicing self-care, practicing these resiliency tactics finding ways to manage the stress because within those organizations are team members who have lost family members because of COVID, people who have had to navigate so much stress because of the pandemic, a lot of things that people are unsure about right now as this Delta variant has reared its ugly head. So I go out and I provide all these tools And here I was faced with the same thing that so many of your team members, so many of you out there are navigating with, leading through heartbreak, leading through grief, leading through loss, leading through stress, unsurety. But I was going to push through or try to. And I have to imagine how I would have showed up as a leader if I try to juggle both. We don't realize the power of stepping away and how stepping away allows you to get re-energized or refocused or it just really just allows you to kind of disconnect versus showing up and trying to push through the pain and push through everything going on on the outside and how that could have affected how you showed up for your team. Those tasks that you might be executing on, it might have not been done that well. So putting the value in stepping away it needs to be a norm. So with their urging, I I won't even say with their urging, they weren't going to let me. Well, I probably could have because we're working um, virtually. <laughs> and there were some check-ins that I did do because I did need to do it. But the push <laughs> to focus on me and my family, I I needed to do it. So I did. And it was the best thing that I could have done to really be present for my family, to have time to just reflect. Because even in his loss, I've been inspired. 
So today I really wanted to talk about the reality of leading through loss, leading through grief, leading through heartbreak. And the things that I had already put in place that helped me not worry or come back with too much of a mess, right? Because for some of you all, you're probably like, man, if I step away, I don't know what's going to happen. And as leaders, we need to make sure we're positioning ourselves right and implementing things. So if we do have to step away, things won't crash and burn. I've had this conversation when I've talked to business leaders. When you're away and when you're taking vacation with your family or taking that me time, you should have things set up within your organization or within your team where they shouldn't have to call you over and over again, where where you come back to chaos and mess. I mean, yes, you know, sometimes when the leader's away, people will play. That's one thing. But to come back and it's just a hot mess, you have to really think and wonder, did you set things up effectively? Because we do need to disconnect from time to time. I am someone that's big on faith. And I love this message that I listened to. And it just seemed like it just aligned so right. And it talked about this message, this sermon. It really talked about how we need to disconnect more often. Take those sabbaticals that you see ministers take. And taking those time away to pour into themselves. Because as we move up, as we lead, as we're on the forefront, we're the ones that might be doing longer hours, win more meetings, we're having to juggle a lot more. So we're giving of ourselves so much more than maybe that person that just comes in, works their eight hours, or works whatever hours they work and just goes home. We're doing the 12, the 16, we're working over the weekend, we're doing all these other things. But when do we have time to pour into ourselves? When do we have time to focus on family? When do we have time to ensure that the things on our outside are also intact? And that is something I also want to make sure I prioritize. Family, personal time, and definitely developing myself. That's why I created the YouTube series I have that really talks about you need leadership development because we put so much more emphasis or we find so much more value in other things. What's going to get us the most money? What's going to be things that we can do within our business, within our corporations, within our organizations for it to get to high levels? but we don't do the same thing for ourselves. We're not even thinking about it because unconsciously, leadership development, personal development, there aren't things that we have necessarily thought about prioritizing. We can be great, great in one aspect of our lives and lack in other areas. 
and not think that we need to develop ourselves or think it's a priority. And it's important to change that. Because I'm so grateful that I did that. I didn't revert back to superwoman. I took the take took I took the cape off, although I wanted to keep it on. But I needed to be present elsewhere. I really did. So I want to urge a lot of you out there who are navigating heartbreak or whatever you're navigating to recognize the importance of prioritizing yourself and your family. I made a post on August 19th that said, how do you lead through heartbreak? And within that post, I had a picture of my nephew and nieces. And this was before other my other niece was born, before other nephew was, nephews were born, before my kids were born. Like it's, you know, so way back. But these were when my niece and nephews were, you know, we have mainly a lot of boys. So, you know, essentially it's my daughter and I have two nieces. So those are the girls. And then everyone else are boys. So in this photo is my niece, who is the oldest of the cousins. And then um, four of the boys, my nephews. So their photo is, and this was, you know, just a very sweet, young, innocent photo of them. And then I put, have you seen a photo that reminds you of when life was less complicated, when we were children and thought less about responsibility and more about fun we would have together? I mean, think about those moments. No cares in the world, young, having fun. I mean, I see it with my children now in the midst of this loss They're so excited to be around all their cousins. They're so excited to be around their aunts. They're so excited that the family is together. They have not been tainted by all the things that we start to become more aware of as we grow. They're just kids. So to continue to post on Wednesday morning, my nephew left us unexpectedly. Here one day and gone the next. While this photo was taken over 15 years ago, it reminds you of those simpler times. While I want to be superwoman, I have to take my cape off and transition leadership to the support of my family as we celebrate the life of Nathan. He leaves behind my oldest sister, his father, one of my nieces, and three of my five nephews as his immediate family. As you lead professionally, Don't forget the importance of leadership at home. Forgive, love, make amends. Have those much needed conversations. Spend that quality time and cherish each day with them. We will miss you, Nathan. Your gentle soul is now at rest. So while we take a quick break, on the other half, I want to talk about some key areas I want you all to pay attention to because unfortunately loss and even if it's not loss of a loved one is something that we have to navigate pain hurt there's going to be something that comes along that shakes up 
things while you still have to perform as a leader, while you still have that role as a leader. But preparation is powerful. Preparation is powerful. And I have to say, because I had things in place already that allowed me to be present this week in a way that I wouldn't have been present before when I didn't have these things in place. So you might not be going through a storm right now, but there's preparation you can do before the storm comes. We all get those alerts. We see the weather reports. There's some type of alert system that you get in preparation to some type of winter storm, weather storm. I mean, we have the conversations about hurricanes coming. And right now, those people that will be impacted have been preparing. They know when it's hurricane season. People know when it's winter season. People know when it's tornado season. So before it happens, they're preparing food, sandbags. They're making preparation to maybe fly out to go elsewhere. They're getting their house situated. They're doing all the necessary steps for them to prepare for this storm that's going to pass. So I want to stormproof and help you be stormproof. So when grief, loss, anything that comes up that shakes up things for you, that's going to require you to take a step back. I want you to be able to take a step back because you have prepared for the storm effectively. So stay tuned and be right back. Don't go anywhere. Stay right here for the other half of this message. That'll be back to you in one second. Leaders set trends, five employee retention secrets you never knew. Leaders, you have to recognize to decrease the number of team members departing your organization and companies. You not only have to sharpen your leadership skills, but you also have to create and usher in innovative ways for an improved culture and climate. So this book that I wrote is going to allow you to understand and identify the five specific areas you need to know to transform the workplace through improved communication, collaboration, reduced conflict, and most importantly, the things that's going to allow you to become a highly competitive brand, business, or company. So if you want to get more information, go to my page and go grab a copy now. AishaThomas.org backslash shop. Again, AishaThomas.org backslash shop. And look for the book, Leaders Set Trends, Five Employee Retention Secrets You Never Knew. Again, that's AishaThomas.org backslash shop. One of the things that I need you to ensure that you have is the time off to take. If you are a business owner, you pretty much are your CEO, or maybe you contract with a company. But these are questions that we may or may not ask. These are things that we might not look at within the culture of an organization. But when there is cases of bereavement, when there is time where you need to just, hey, I want to take one day out of the month that I'm just off. I go get a massage. I go and just disconnect. I go and meet with a personal development coach. 
But I do things that's going to help me develop and also relax and unwind because I believe that it's important for us to make sure that our bodies are good, our mental is good, our spiritual is good. And you want to take time just to work on that. Have you looked into the time off that you have? Have you looked into what that company or organization has available for time off? Is that something that is normalized within your organization, your corporation, maybe your CEO listening? And you're like, you know what? I want to make sure that I am practicing and creating a space where, you know, my team members know that they can take a day off if they need to. So is that something that you are discussing, talking about? Is that something that's within the culture, the mission, vision, or when you have these big mass gatherings of your teams, is there a portion when you're talking about the care of self, self self-leadership, prioritizing family, what that means to you? If not, you want to create that. You want to embed that in some kind of way. And also for those that, again, are working within companies, organizations, look into the type of time off that you have, what's available, bereavement. My nephew came down and he wasn't aware. He knew that he had an emergency. He drove down here from Atlanta. And he, at one point, we're like, okay, when are you going back to work? Did you get that situated? He's just like, I don't know right now. I'm waiting to hear back. We want to at least have that information ahead of time if we can, just to know, or at least know who you can call to ask those questions to. So do an inventory on the time off that you have available, who to reach out to if you have those questions, what is the culture of that company and so on. So you at least know where to turn if you are faced with that. The second thing is a support from leadership. That was so awesome. They checked on me, see how I was doing. They urged me to make sure that I took my time off. They were going to do what was necessary to ensure that I got, I was able to focus on my family. So I kind of talked about that in the first area of taking time off and looking into that. But again, if you are a leader, and this happens to your team member. What level of support will you give them? We have to get out of the mindset of, you know, how you would handle things. And what I mean is, trust me, I have resiliency and pushing through the worst of the worst, ladies and gentlemen. Aisha has done it. But I have to realize that not everybody handles things the same way I do. I have to realize that the way that we have navigated emotions and resilient was ineffective. I had this conversation with someone that I was next to my sister because we're preparing for this event we're doing in New York. And there was an article she was talking about that talked about, you know, is resiliency like really an effective practice or something that we should really be training on? Because a lot of people feel like they already know what resiliency looks like. They've had to be resilient all their resilient all their lives. But then I challenged that and I said, Well, were we really taught resilience, resiliency effectively? 
because for many of us, we saw resiliency from the perspective of pushing past the pain, stuffing it under the carpet, pushing it down, but it's still there. It's lingering. You find yourself going into the bathroom crying or you find yourself up at night stressed, but it's still there. And under the carpet is still building up, building up. You're just pushing it past. And maybe it just builds up at one point and then you explode and your explosion might look different, but it might be a shutdown. It might be an explosion of anger. It could be a variety of things. But for many of us, we have law, we have learned resiliency ineffectively. So was it really resiliency? No, because resilience is going to leave you in a place where, again, we're not always at 100%, but it's going to leave you in a place where you are functioning effectively. You have those mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional practices and those social practices which are these foundations of resiliency that are going to help you navigate those tough times. But just like I talked about our worldview and how we have emotional bias and high performance bias, they're unconsciously things that have been embedded in us that need to be unlearned so we can learn the right way of navigating these things. Many of us don't know boundaries. Many of us don't know how to teach people how to treat us. Hey, I am on leave. I am on here. I'm working on, so I'm not answering any work calls or don't call me after a certain hour or not even sharing that personal number with certain individuals because that's your personal number. Or recognizing that your cutoff time is this time, you don't answer those calls after that time. So were you really practicing resiliency? Because again, resiliency is going to embed or include all those healthy things. So just because you have navigated tough times one way does not mean we should judge or look at our team members differently when they are maybe in a state of just breakdown because you can't relate to it. And that's where empathy lies. Because not everybody has been through the same things we've been through. Not everyone has navigated things the same way. And even there's this big talk with the generation of the now or the future and how they're just quote unquote so soft. No. If they're creating boundaries and they're taking time away and they're taking time to enjoy life and prioritize themselves, that's okay. And we, again, really need to get into the mindset of knowing that we can learn from the generation of the future. We should not judge them. We should not look down on them. We shouldn't say, oh my goodness, why are you? I grew up where I had to. They didn't. And I appreciate this generation taking the lead in prioritizing themselves, their self-care, And deciding, you know what, I want to also make sure that I'm maintaining self-leadership. I want to make sure I'm maintaining relationships. I want to make sure that I'm enjoying life. So if they're creating that healthy balance, we can learn from that, right? Remember, this is coming from the elder millennial. You know, I get it. I get it, y'all. All right. So 
Make sure that you're supporting your team members, checking in on them, just a text, a call. Hey, do you need anything? I had a leader show up at the viewing with a card. Like she didn't have to do that. She came with her spouse. They didn't have to do that, but they showed up. That means a lot to a team member. So support them, even if it's getting them the information that they need as they're navigating it. The next thing is, what systems do you have in place? One of the things that I really took time to do when I started this um, new role, this new assignment, was making sure that I started to look at gaps and breakdowns and starting to like really put things into place to so we can have a free flow of how we manage things. And I'm so glad that I did that. And I created that plan because it did help. It did help with how you can navigate times like that. If you already have a structure and an order and processes in place, if you've already created systems. And these were things that I vetted through my leadership. These are things that I got support for. I have auto replies already coming up. Hey, this is how long it's going to take for us to respond. And making sure that information is communicated out to our customers and all those things were put into place. So again, when you do step away, you don't have to be bothered as much and you can focus on yourself. So if there's a meeting you have to have before you go on leave, if there's things that you just have to put into place real quick, fine. But even to build up to that, have you really taken time? And trust me, it's tedious. I know it is, leaders. So many emails, there's so many things that you have to do. And even as a business owner, because while I serve full-time, I also serve in my business part-time. I had systems in place already. So I can go into my calendar system and update my calendar and say, okay, I'm shut down. I could reach out to my clients and say, hey, this is what I have going on. And there were some things that I had to do in between that, that I couldn't change because it was the day of. I had a convocation that I had to do for one of the universities in Texas I support. I still had to show up for it. And the good thing is I only had a short piece within it, but hey, I let them know ahead of time, hey, this is what's going on. And I navigated around it. So again, what systems do you have in place? Are you analyzing your systems? Are you checking them? Are you making sure they're in place? Because if things do shift and you need to refocus on yourself, on your family, on navigating this storm season, you want to have those things in place. So analyze your systems constantly, make changes, take a pause from the emails, take a pause from all those other things, and just really make sure you do a scrub of your processes, your procedures, your systems. What can you change? What can you implement? Who can you train up? So if you're not around, they know what you're doing. Do you have a right-hand woman, right-hand man? Does your team know things that, hey, in case you're not there, they can pick up, make time to do that. If it's once a week, make time because it helped tremendously. And then the next thing is what adjustments do you need to make when you return? Because when you do return back, 
there might be some gaps that were revealed. So it's going to be important that you stop and go connect with your team, with your leadership and say, hey, I know I've been gone for the past week. What updates do you have for me? And you might find within that time you were away that things were revealed that you're like, oh, I didn't know that was a broken system or I didn't know I didn't do this or I didn't know this was broken. And now this feedback is going to allow you to, when you are starting your systems checks again, these are things that you can say, okay, I need to tweak this, tweak this and tweak that. And not only that, this allows you to continue to prioritize self-leadership, family, and these other areas that you need to focus on as well. Because after this, I know that it's going to be important that we continue to rally around my family. There were, you know, maybe weeks or months or even years that people didn't see each other. And I'm not even just saying my immediate family, but one thing that the passing of my nephew revealed or just confirmed is I I was having this conversation about like the shoulda, coulda, wouldas. There's so many people who I could have done this. I should have done this. I should have been here. I should have been around more. All these regrets that come up and it's normal. It is. I even have them. But now that you're aware and you're like, okay, I want, I need to do this. It's just like COVID. And I shared this before on another episode about now we're, that we're going back into the office. Now we're getting back into the routine. My kids are in school again. Kids are going back. How do you still maintain that level of connectivity that you built within your family, with your loved ones? How do you maintain that? You want to maintain it because there were just so many revelations there. There was another level of connectivity that happened when that was prioritized. So you want to be able to maintain that. So what is the maintenance plan? And that's why this last step is so powerful because you're getting feedback from your office, your organization, your business of things you need to adjust. You might realize there are things that you have to let go that you were holding on to because you're like, you know what? I don't need to do this because this is eating up my time. And I need to really focus this time on my family, on myself. I need to make some upgrades. I need to invest those dollars. I went to a restaurant yesterday I've been wanting to go to because I'm like, tomorrow is not promised. I've been making phone calls and reaching out to people Because tomorrow is in promise. I want to make sure I'm maintaining those relationships, those friendships, those interpersonal relationships, making sure I'm doing what's necessary in all these different capacities. Because tomorrow is in promise. So really making sure that you're putting things in order is going to be so important. So really do that and analyzing part. What lessons learned? What things do I need to fix? And what things do I need to let go? What things do I need to refocus on? What do I need to do? So I can continue to be effective. I can have this maintenance plan. And also this preparation process is is never ending because the shifts can happen. I was at an organization prior to this that wasn't as busy. 
Now I'm at a very high visibility, high performing, just big activity organization. So things look at how I prioritize and manage things look different. Do you need to wake up earlier, right? Do you need to, you know, adjust this, adjust that, but fill in those gaps, make those adjustments and just realize that doing this process one time, it might not be enough. You'll have to do it repeatedly to ensure that you're always storm proofing these different pockets because the crisis might not happen in your family next time. It might be in the workplace or it might be elsewhere. But the biggest thing I want you to take away is making sure that you are prioritizing yourself and those other things that are important to you. Because again, I I can't, I'm so inspired, so inspired. And I want to honor his memory effectively. I really do. He was gone too soon. But God has a purpose and a reason. You know, there's things that we just won't understand or know. But I'm grateful for all that I have. I'm grateful that I have implemented these strategies and I almost forgot one. I have been a big push and uh, pusher of therapy. I started therapy a few years ago and I told myself, I'm not going to cut off my therapist, even when things are going good, because I believe that therapy is just like physical health. It's something you need to maintain. Even if I'm checking in and everything is good and great, there's just, I just believe that I need to maintain that relationship, that therapy client relationship at the minimum monthly. And I'm so grateful I had that in place because guess what happened (laughs) right after the funeral that weekend, that Saturday, I had a therapy session already scheduled. So I even already had an expert ready and available for me that I had already created a routine for that I already had scheduled to talk to about what I was navigating, what I was feeling to help me in the storm I was in. And I'm so glad I maintained that because, again, I really made sure that when it came to resiliency in these different pockets, that I had things in place. I already had routines for my spiritual practice. I already had social connections and people that I could connect to. I already had the mental support with my therapist. I already had the physical support and the things within my home within my community, like we have a community gym, we have all these things in place that, okay, I can really hit on all these different pockets. And I already had a routine in place to make sure I hit that even when things were going good. And because I maintained that routine, it helped. So again, I'm not, I'm not sure if you have invested in personal development, coaching, life coaching, therapy, whatever it is, but just realize the power of really putting those things in place and how it can benefit you. So replay that back. Go through your notes. Make sure you got all those points. Recognize as leaders, we need to practice what we preach. So while you might not be someone that has to worry about this as much because you don't have anyone you answer to because you're a CEO, make sure that the culture within your organization, your company, your business is like this. 
That is important because I believe that when we are the CEOs, we have that influence and we can really create systems and processes and cultures that we might have not seen in other organizations. Nathan, we love you. We're going to miss you. But just realize the level of influence that you had in this family. So many lessons learned. And I hope that those that are listening, I hope you never have to face this. And of course, you know, loss is something that we all have to navigate at some point. But be inspired, be, be encouraged. And as always, if you know there's someone out there that will benefit from this conversation, maybe you know a team member, a leader, that you're like, man, you know they're dealing with a lot and they need to, this might help them. Share it with them. Share with them. And if you have questions for me, as always, I'm on all social media platforms. Miss Aisha Thomas, email me at info at AishaThomas.org or even check out my leadership development series on YouTube at the Miss Isha. The information is in the show notes. So you guys go out there, be great. And remember, minimize the amount of regrets that you have as much as possible. The shoulda, coulda, wouldas. Are you living? Are there phone calls you need to make, resolutions you need to make? And again, sometimes resolution doesn't mean reconciliation. But uh, just hearing the I wish, I shoulda, coulda, wouldas, let's minimize those as much as possible. So what is it that you need to do, you need to take care of? Where is it that you need to go? Whatever it is, do it. Because it's just painful to see all those I shoulda, coulda, wouldas or hear those so often. And at least we have the influence to minimize those within ourselves. So you all be great. And I will see you guys on the next episode. Bye.